to Tarot for the Wild Soul, Deep Conversations and Tarot Medicine for Your Highest Evolution. I'm your host, Lindsay Mack. Thank you so much for being with me today. Again, sorry this one is coming at you a little bit on the later side of Tuesday. I'm, I'm doing the best I can, and uh, this one is just a little later. Hopefully it is not too much of a bummer for everybody. Um, really excited for this Wild Soul lesson. We're going to be talking queens. We're going to be talking a little bit about High Priestess. We're going to be talking a little bit about Empress today. Um, I really wanted to flow into the feminine archetypes um, altogether and really talk about all of them through this lens. And um, we could also talk about strength. We could also talk about the world. Um, really, any card that contains a feminine archetype that is specifically um, feminine in name, though, is what um, is what I think I'm going to focus on today. Really, we can float in between with all of them because the High Priestess, there are some decks where it's actively not any gender at all. It's not even a person. Um, but I like to speak about these two archetypes in conjunction with the queens because they all really hold hands with one another and it's a nice way to look at um, the two dualities of feminine receiving while we're talking about the queens. So I'm really excited to chat about that. I feel like it's also really special because in a couple of days, eh, a little bit more like, um, I think it's four or five days on Saturday, we're going to have a really delicious new moon in Pisces. And this new moon is just all depth, all sweetness. Um, some people may experience it as extremely intense. What has come through uh, for me energetically and intuitively about this moon is that it gets to be a reclamation of um, the deepest, sweetest points of imagination, whimsy, imagination, childhood magic, that it gets to be a recentering and a reclamation of those really pure places within us. Um, it's very page of cups style, like the energy of this new moon in Pisces. I would say to anyone who might already be feeling it, you might be feeling the new moon in Pisces already. If you kind of want to stay home, you might be feeling it if you're um, feeling more drawn to playing with certain decks or playing with certain deities or speaking with certain deities if you've been connecting with a particular plant or if you've been wanting to connect to the fairy realm like all those are things that you might be feeling right now you might also be feeling something completely different and that's part of the beauty of everyone's chart being as individual as their thumbprint because how we experience the moon is always filtered through the lens of our experience and that's beautiful but how um it's so perfect that we would be talking about the queens the high priestess and the empress today <clears throat> because all three are archetypes that despite a lot of kind of over cultural emphasis placed on these archetypes to be something to attain or embody they're just these neutral invitations like everything else and I think actually um high priestess empress and the queens can bring a lot of challenge they can actually bring quite a bit of of um 
chutzpah to the invitation that they bring. Like they require us to really step up and out of our comfort zones and lean into their particular vibrations, which are not always easy. And I think that I wanted to speak on that because I think that that when we're not aware that there can be that, um, it's like, I want everyone to know that they're not crazy for thinking that the Empress is hard to move through. (laughs) That's not a particularly poetic way of saying it, but I think it's really true that the Empress can be profoundly difficult for a myriad of reasons. And the high priestess, I have never experienced her as an easy energy. And that's not a problem. It's just um, part of the deal. And we can love them and appreciate them. But if we're really working on um, absorbing, getting like marinating in them and stepping into them, becoming, um, aligning the aspects within ourselves that vibrate with high priestess, empress, and the queens, if we're working on it in that way, it's not always easy because think about, let's just take high priestess and empress only. The empress is in many respects considered to be the great mother of the deck. How many people out there listening got issues with their mom? How many people out there listening have trouble receiving have trouble accepting, have trouble regenerating, have trouble with their relationship to their children or their parents or their family line? How many people listening tend to have a little bit of difficulty with their sexuality? And I mean, that is the broadest term, but there's some contraction around their bodies or their sexuality or with embracing sensuality or just simply even connecting to earth energy. If we're completely taking the gender out of um, Empress in every way, which can be appropriate completely, as I spoke about with Tess Guyberson, um, it's actually important to evolve the Empress past that sort of one-dimensional but gorgeously dimensional starting place and into the greater depth of who she can be, who they can be, which is earth itself literally the receiving end, the, the earth, as opposed to the stars. So if you have, have you personally have worked on any issues in any of those areas, you're going to feel the empress when she comes up for you in a reading. It's not necessarily all draped like velvet cushions and blankets and like eating grapes out of gold goblets but it can be that which is sweet but in my experience it's um something far more dimensional and intense it requires a lot um the high priestess is the keeper of knowledge the knowledge of the esoteric realms, the religious realms, the realms of nature and the realms of the arts and the sciences. She's the keeper of knowledge of all things that have ever been and will ever be. And she also teaches that we have access to these knowledges, these great knowledge. I'll rephrase that. We also have access to this whole span of different aspects of wisdom and knowledge 
what presents itself as the key that unlocks the door to this knowledge and why high priestess can feel so immensely tricky when we pull her in a reading is that we learn when she arises for us in readings to trust that we have the answers that we are seeking. That is enough to blow your brain right out of your asshole. Pardon my expression, pardon my crudeness, but it's true. We always want to look up and out for answers, for wisdom, for clarification, and most importantly, for confirmation. You know, I feel this thing, I have this impulse, I have this intuition, but I should check with someone who knows more. High Priestess is very, um, she's pretty brutal about that and says, you know, no, I will actively work to not have that friend pick up the phone right now. I will actively work for you to not get in touch with with your mentor and I will put you in a situation where you'll look in all the books and you won't know anything until you sit quietly and check in with what you know to be true. Very advanced medicine. And this leads us quite beautifully into the queens. The queens of the court cards are so beloved. Um, you know, every person listening probably is very comfortable with a one queen versus another. Some folks are, some aren't. Um, some people really feel that they're part of their kind of natural makeup is a really close embodiment of a certain queen. Like some people might feel great um, personal alignment with Queen of Cups, and they might feel extremely comfortable in the realm of, let's say, Queen of Cups, if they know what it is to go deeply within, get deeply solitary, deeply listen in a world kind of without words, without communication, if that's their natural state of being in a place that feels really comfortable for them, um, they might feel a great affinity to Queen of Cups. The queens are really easy to assign this sense of, oh my gosh, that's me, because they're ruled by water. And this is important for a couple different reasons. First of all, they're the only uh, branch of the four uh, aspects of the court cards, pages, knights, queens, and kings. The queens are the only ones that have, I would say, across the board, across teachers and books and teachings, their element remains fixed. Pretty much any tarot book that you pick up, anywhere you look, um, the pages, the knights, and the kings are all, you can find a different element for basically any teacher you check in with. Like that's just, that's, you can give it a shot, but it's not even an opinion as much as it is just fact that some people really feel the pages are fire. Some people really feel their air. Some people really feel that they are earth. The queens never change. They never variate. They're always water. Always. Why? A, there's the feminine aspect. There's the aspect of the flow of the water being in alignment for the water, the waters of the placenta, like the sacred waters of the mother, well water, all of the different things that are very deeply in alignment with this idea of queen energy. The other reason is that the, the queens are very steadfast in their um, very strong and kind of interestingly unchangeable as water is so changeable 
in their frequencies and in what they represent, which is the inner realm. That's the deal with the queens is that they represent the inner realm. So what that means is not to burst anyone's bubble because I'm not about that. No one is any queen. No one lives as one queen. Ideally, we're, we're cycling through and have access to all four. Um, but when we work with this idea of the inner realm, the queens exist as ephemeral, invisible frequencies where we can meet a person and just feel their vibration. And it doesn't matter at all what they look like, how they're presenting themselves, if they are able-bodied or not, if they identify as a certain gender or not, doesn't matter at all. If that kind of energy of the queen invisible ephemera is flowing through, radiating out of them, we're going to feel it. And in that way, the queens bring what I would say with great humility is one of the most important invitations in the court cards of not the tarot because the pages, knights, and kings all do really important work, but they have to do with taking things out. They have to do with taking inner pieces or taking external questions or seeking or movement out to the world, all three of them, or yeah, all three um, uh, kind of facets, page, knight, king, all of them. The queens are not about going out. They're about what radiates from a being just by living and where we happen to be working on embracing, reclaiming, and living with a certain frequency vibrating through us. The more we allow that frequency of a queen to vibrate through us, the more we begin to attract certain experiences, life situations, and relationships that allow us to utilize the medicine of that queen. They are the inner journeys. They rule the inner realm. They are the caves and represent the inner cave of the human being, the cave of the heart. The queens, each of them, possess and kind of rule over a certain cave that contains a certain kind of treasure or knowledge. The queen of swords presides over the cave of boundaries, sacred communication, and um, deep protection of self. It she really is the fierce inner mother. And she's the one that we can call on when we need to say no, or we need to, do we need to state our boundaries? Or maybe we need to disappoint someone's expectation of us because we know that it's in our highest and best to take some space or to clear space or whatever it is. She's the one that does the tough communicating. And she does it not in a way that swipes, although it can feel like a big swipe sometimes when we get whoa, a communication from Queen of Swords. And I want to be clear, Queen of Swords doesn't communicate in a way that harms. She doesn't stab anybody to death. If someone's stabbing you to death with the way that they're talking to you, that's not Queen of Swords. That's Queen of Swords reversed, can be. Um, that is someone who is, and I we can have compassion for this in a way, someone who is so concerned about their ability to defend themselves that they don't know their center and so they fly so far south or 
astride of the center of their knowing that they accidentally wind up hurting people to keep them away. So when we're really in the vibration of Queen of Swords, the feeling that we're going to get is maybe a little scary, maybe a little trepidatious, but motherfucker with the boundaries. And she rules over the sacred cave of the heart's truth that exits the mouth that's clear in what we do, how we communicate, how we stabilize ourselves with our truth. Queen of Cups rules over the heart and the cave of mystery, of inner depth that is totally unmatched in the tarot. Queen of Cups is double water, and she's really a languageless creature. And she's a creature that is very selkie-like in that she lives both on the world, she's of the world, she's a queen, she knows how to get by, but she's more comfortable in the realm of ocean depths. She's more comfortable by herself. She knows how to go away on an island of herself, not to isolate, but to listen, to receive, and to be enriched by her inner world. So she rules over this sacred cave of great mystery, of the mysteries of self, of the deepest part of the heart, of parts of ourselves that we might not show to everyone. And that can really only come out if we're willing to give ourselves the space and time that Queen of Cups so deeply desires, but frankly, is sometimes pretty hard to give to ourselves. So we'll talk more about that. But Queen of Wands is the overseer of the cave of magic, of sexuality, of intuition. She is the witch of the tarot. So anything that we want to even consider about that, the way that witch vibrates and shows up for us, the way it vibrates in our bodies, depending on where we where we came from, our lineage, what we believe, um, what makes sense for us, what ancestral line we come from, Wherever and however our magic vibrates through us, the Queen of Wands is here to hold that space for us. And there are many different witches in the world that come from all over the, the world and who um, create magic in all different kinds of ways. So Queen of Wands takes on many different forms. She also does um, vibrate in the landscape of... of um, uh, sexual, let me think of the right word, just sexual frequency. When we're looking at someone and we're not quite thinking like, wow, that person is sexy, but we're looking at them and we have this sense of them being so clearly themselves and their power aligned with their magic that it lights up our sacral chakra as a mirror. And that's a lot of what, um, that's a lot of what Queen of Wands does, the sacred mirroring, really centered in that sacral chakra energy, the um, intersection between water, creativity, and sexuality. And then we have Queen of Wands who really rules over the cave of the body and care of the body. And um, the body in and of itself, we'll talk about this more in, you know, more at length um, as I go over each queen, but the body is often cut out of the equation when we're talking about queen of pentacles and it's very important not to remove that the body is the vessel that connects the stars to the earth 
connects our channel to this, to our ability to process what we're hearing. If the body chemically, physically, whatever is not in alignment and is trying to talk to us in some way, Queen of Wands will pay us, or I'm sorry, Queen of Pentacles will pay us a visit, will help us to listen to our bodies, connect with our bodies so that that sense of being whole, being connected can just run through our being. So there's a lot of beauty there, but these are caves that exist in every person, no matter how we identify man, woman, or other um, completely different gender identities. The queens are for everyone and represent kind of this beautiful moon-like um, yin energy that can be so profound when we think about it in that way. And again, all different flavors of water, all different kinds of water, earthy water, um, hot, you know, fiery, beautiful, almost like cauldron water for um, Queen of Wands. And we have like deep, deep, deep ocean water for Queen of Cups. And then we have, you know, um, water like whipping the winds, you know, like where water and air meet with Queen of Swords. So there's just so much there, so much deliciousness. And we'll talk again a little bit more about how High Priestess and Empress flow in and kind of act as big siblings to these energies. But yeah, to go over all of them, Queen of Swords is air and water. So let's talk about that. There's a reason that Queen of Swords is kind of the toughest queen. Um, no disrespect to her. I love Queen of Swords, but I am going to speak about her honestly. Air and water is not an easy combination. Um, energetically, we're talking about intellect, thinking, um, brain chemistry. We're talking about thought and emotion. And Queen of Swords typically shows up in a reading or she'll show up for us in some other way when we really need her medicine. When our thoughts are going kind of a million miles a minute and our emotions are kind of taking us for a ride. So the power of her sword and whenever so many tarot teachers and, and um, people who, who um, speak about tarot have, have spoken about this is not just like my thoughts, but whenever we see a 90 degree angle with the sword and the tarot, it's very important. Um, we see this in the Smith Rider weight with Queen of Swords. We see it with Justice. We see it with the King of Swords. So there's so much here to gain knowledge from just as a symbol visually. This is someone who is clear, direct, honest, no fucking bullshit about what they have to say. But the Queen of Swords specifically is here to slice through confusion, fear, pain, and contraction around what we have to say. The king of swords, which we'll talk about in a month, um, is the speaker of truth. We can think about any great speaker, especially someone who spoke out on a truth when it wasn't safe to do so, Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, even Elizabeth Warren back in 2008 um, during the economic crisis, all kind of off-the-cuff examples of great speakers who did so because they knew that there was a truth inside of them that had to be spoken, and they knew that it was difficult, but they needed to bring it. That's King of Swords, someone who takes that essence of truth and alignment and brings it out into the world. 
the queen is not necessarily not about bringing things out into the world, but she's more about the process and the energy that we are absorbing and claiming for ourselves around our sacred no. That's what she's about. She slices through any kind of mental realms of fear around claiming our boundaries, speaking our truth, being very clear about what we're okay with and what we're not. And she's very clear and very helpful for slicing through really tumbly, bumbly emotions that can have us feeling all types of ways about different things. And when we have a mixture of a lot of thoughts, a lot of brain chemistry, and huge emotions, it can make things very unclear. So whenever we get Queen of Swords, there's a clarification process that we're being asked to go through. And on the other side of that sacred slicing so that we can open up our thoughts and our feelings and look inside to see okay, you know, I need to definitely tell this person that I need a little space, but there's so much resistance. Queen of Swords can help us slice through that resistance and see like, oh, there's resistance because I'm afraid they won't like me anymore. There's resistance because when I was a kid, it wasn't safe to, to tell someone that I needed a break. So now I feel like real like mortal fear about it, although I know it's irrational. Um, the Queen of Swords helps us to clarify and by doing so, we're able to step into a place of living beautiful boundaries, which is an exciting thing. And I kind of want to talk about boundaries for a moment. <clears throat> boundaries are something that we've, you know, I've spoken about with many guests on the podcast, and I've spoken about them as well. Boundaries are profoundly important and profoundly personal. And we can take boundaries in any way we wish the body never lies. And we don't need to make amends for our boundaries. We don't need to ask permission. We simply need to state them. And if anyone happens to not respect it, um, we don't need to necessarily, we certainly don't need to bend to it. And we can be clear that if it's disrespected again, that we're going to have to ask them to essentially leave our life. That can be as strong as Queen of Swords get. She's a woman, a being who has boundaries like a motherfucker. So I want you to think for yourself because I'm going to encourage everyone to pull a queen after this episode and see where you're at right now. Where can you invite Queen of Swords into your life to clarify verbally or to help you internally clarify what your sacred yes is and what your sacred no is? Do your boundaries need a little tightening? Do they need a little work? No shame in that game. Just be clear and honest with yourself. Queen of Swords is here to help you do that. So Queen of Cups, double water, our ocean mama, she really is Selkie energy. And I didn't explain that for anyone who doesn't know. Selkie is half woman, half seal. Uh, a, a being that is alive and living on the earth um, as a human being, but has a kind of a seal suit that they put on where they become a seal and can live in the ocean. So they're able to be walking the earth as person and living, swimming amongst the ocean creatures. Um, and it's important that it's not quite mermaid. It's not quite half fish, half person. It's actively woman 
who becomes something different and allows that transformation to take her to sites, depths that many won't ever even explore in their lifetime. A queen of, oh, so I wanted to say, I'm sorry to go back to queen of swords. Look at your life and look around you and see who in your life has boundaries like a motherfucker. Who in your life? Who can you point to and look to? Maybe you've even thought them a little mean. Maybe you've even thought that they're a little selfish. No shame, again. But people with boundaries like a motherfucker are clear about what they need, what they want, what they will and will not tolerate. And they're very clear about what is acceptable to them and not. And sometimes two people don't agree and sometimes they do. Um, good boundaries also involve certain things just being precious to the person. You know, certain things that are appropriate to share with certain people and not appropriate to share with others. Like, And really that's something that only we can know about what works for us versus other people. So it's a totally personal thing. But going back to Queen of Cups, we can align ourselves with Queen of Cups and begin to embody her essence by touching in with the seal skin within us. This idea of the seal skin is this essence of inner home, is this essence of inner depth that everyone has access to. And in that space, sure, could be like immense psychic intuitive space. It could be profound depths of feeling, but really it's a way of accessing the parts of ourselves that long to go home, that can really only be attained by swimming very deeply into the self when we're given space and quiet and when we're allowed to be at one with our magical practices, our ceremonial practices, whatever they may be. Your ceremony might be cooking. Your ceremony might be something completely different. That's totally fine. The Queen of Cups is a deep diver and she's a deep solo diver. She's someone who is able to swim really, really far and really, really deep. Sometimes she brings treasures to share with everyone and sometimes she doesn't. Sometimes she does and she'll talk about them. Most of the time she doesn't. It's someone who knows how to take sacred space for their own practice and who doesn't necessarily have to leave a breadcrumb trail along the way. So if you pull Queen of Cups today, I encourage you to think about where are you being invited to kind of hitch on your backpack and not tell anyone where you're going? Not literally, but in your practice, you know, we're so accustomed to having a breakthrough or something and like immediately sharing about it on Instagram. We're very accustomed to sharing our altars on Instagram and our tarot poles. And sometimes it's not appropriate, not because it's not appropriate, but because we can go against our desire to keep things for ourselves. And by the way, the only reason that I say that is because some people just really simply don't want to share them, but feel that they have to. Queen of Cups is the kind of being who will encourage you not to share if you don't want to. Super important. So Queen of Cups, keeper of the seal skin, keeper of the inner depth, the inner ocean that exists within all of us that always wants for us to swim in its waves, explore its shores. Um, it requires us kind of unplugging and going off to that island within our hearts to access it. 
And if she sounds esoteric, that's because she's supposed to be. So those energies are not necessarily all buttoned up and ready for prime time. Queen of Cups is about the esoteric mysteries of the self and of life. And the more we dive in, the more unnameable those experiences really become, the more we're not really able to talk about them, which is appropriate. So there's Queen of Cups. Queen of Wands, you know right away when you walk by someone who knows how to embody their Queen of Wands. It's not necessarily the sexiest person. It's not necessarily the person who looks so good or is so snatched in whatever way it is. You walk by them and you sense the depth, the sensuality, and the possession of self. The Queen of Wands is very, very self-possessed. She knows herself. She doesn't have to share it. Again, queens aren't really big um, in your face energies. Um, it's more about, you know, even queen of swords is more about boundaries through presence, through clarity of spirit. Have you ever been around anyone that you just think like, I'm not even going to fuck with this person. I can't. You know, there's no need to shout if there is a depth of self there that's holding the space for boundaries. So that's Queen of Swords. Queen of Wands is a witch who doesn't feel that she needs to talk about being a witch. Queen of Wands is someone who possesses immense access to her own individual or their own individual state of being that is in tune with the alchemical. Queen of Wands is fire and water. These are the two elements that we cannot hold in one hand without fire, without the fire being put out by the water. You have to have magic. You have to immediately, we know that there is something magical, alchemical happening that's helping these two elements that would cancel each other out immediately and just make steam stay together. The fire burning brightly and the water shimmering in one hand. This is the way of the witch. This is the way of somebody who is able to hold their inner fire and the depth of their water. This is someone who's able to combine, able to assimilate, able to be through virtue of that. I promise you, you don't need to have anything to possess this. You don't need to have your birth chart reflect that of being so psychic. You don't need to have a million things in the 12th house. You don't need to have Scorpio. You don't, like, you don't need to have anything that people really like to talk about as being this kind of like snarky prerequisite to having um, more depth than another. Where would we be without the earth witches? Where the fuck would we be without the air witches? Where would we be without the water witches who have nothing to do with Pisces at all? Where would we be? You know, and especially where would we be without, you know, a mixture in every way, shape, and form imaginable? Where on earth would we be without it? I would shudder to think. So it's really about the individual person vibrating out their own individual magic. And that is just about as far as she goes. And there's so much more to talk about. You know, very often the queen of wands hangs out with a little familiar, um, like a little kitty or a lion in the mother piece. And that's another way of saying that there is this deeply ritualistic magical connection to the energy of a familiar. And also 
a very vibrant connection with the other creatures of the earth, with animal, with plant life, with sun and rain and all of the above, you know? The queen of wands, someone who, if you pulled this, you're being asked to recognize and celebrate your individual connection to all of these different waterways, to all these different passions that exist within you, no comparison, no looking at yourself in any way, shape, or form and being like, well, you know, if I was only like this or that, if you were only God, I sh again, I shudder to think what this world would be if people were not willing to accept and vibrate at their own individual frequency. Part of the reason that things are so out of alignment is that there's been such a resistance to doing that. The more we vibrate our particular flow of magical sensuality, the more healed the world becomes because the more we bring our truth, the more we do our thing, the more things flow. And Queen of Wands is really here to represent that um, immense frequency that comes from someone just being themselves and not shying away from how ma magical they are. And that's how we can begin to embrace her, to bring her in more, is not by looking out, but looking in. Because again, that's what the queens are all about. And then finally, we have our beloved sweet queen of pentacles, who's really like kind of a, an earth mama in a way. And queen of pentacles is about the inner riches, about the body, about the relationship with the inner and outer mother, with the relationship with the inner and outer child, um, and especially our connection to earth. Um, the empress is very similar to all of this. The difference between them, I would say, is that the empress exists to help us learn how to receive on a really intense level. The queen of pentacles is here to help us realign with our health, with the body being balanced, the body being in vibration and right alignment with what it loves and wants. Um, it's here to help us move our bodies if our bodies need to move, help us to reconnect physically our vessels with the ground, with the earth. And it's here to do that because it's here to help us recognize the uh, connection between the body and the overall state of being. So I know that I don't need to go into this too much because I know that y'all understand already, everyone listening to this, but the body is a microcosm of the earth itself. There is no separation where we have inflammation. It's this reflection of inflammation happening outside within the earth. There's a chance to cool. The more we cool, the more we bring cooling energy to the earth and the opposite goes. You know, maybe it's time to heat up. The more we heat up, the more we bring that energy, we can bring things forward that need to be brought forward, all that. So... The Queen of Pentacles does a very important job. She really doesn't, I don't think she has a goddamn thing to do with money. And a lot of people feel that she does have a lot to do with money and with abundance. And I, I personally really disagree. Um, the Pentacles court cards are elevated. They're advanced energetic medicine and King of Pentacles does a lot of work 
and vibrates a lot around physical money, but really the king of pentacles has to do with the larger yes and the larger reason and the larger path of why we incarnate here. He has to do with that. Something so beyond the physical exchange of money. Money is sacred and all a part of it, but the queen of pentacles helps us to rewire our relationship to the wealth of the physical body and what riches can come from our mothering our bodies and ourselves the way they deserve to be in a way that can be so um healing so utterly healing and can vibrate out like this beautiful ripple effect from us to the earth itself so if you pulled this card i encourage you to stop and listen to your body what is she trying to tell you what is he trying to tell you what is your body genderless completely trying to communicate to you where are you in your relationship to being able to hear it to listen in a way that the body deserves can you allow that sweetness to flow through your being to really listen and to let yourself be guided by that all of that has to do with the queens now when we form a full medicine shield with all four we're talking about a being who vibrates on all four levels who has a beautiful ever-evolving ever-changing ever-growing relationship of intimacy with the physical vessel who is in touch with their sexuality and their magic who is able to go incredibly deep who's not afraid of the ocean of their depths, and who is a very clear, kind, direct communicator and a keeper of their own boundaries. I feel like I've shared this on the podcast before, but if I haven't, um, I can't remember, but Dr. Um, Clarissa Pinkola Estes, who I had the honor of doing a training with a couple of years ago, um, talked about in that training how you have to post, she, in her words, um, you have to look at where in your life the property is not posted. So if we are not posting the property, if we're not signaling, hey, this is my land, these are my guidelines, either you're allowed on my land or you're not, if there's no sign, nothing in our being or our words that clarifies the property is posted. You may not come and go as you please with your dirty boots. Um, if there isn't that, then in Dr. E's words, your back side, your neck, your back will be open, just completely unlocked, flapping in the breeze. So we want to be really clear, tight about these sacred boundaries so that our back our back half is not just open. That is part of what the queens are here to do, especially the swords, but really all of them. Because the more we know ourselves, the more clearly our property is posted. So those are the queens. Now how high priestess and empress kind of flow into this and why I felt it would be valuable to discuss them is because they are two feminine archetypes in the traditional tarot that have to do with the inner realms of the being. So 
the high priestess and the empress are for everyone. They're not necessarily for a woman or a man or anyone who identifies as a completely different gender. They are not just for the feminine. They're for everybody. That's important because very often we tend to really cut our knees off by saying, oh, I pulled the a high priestess for you. This must be a really magical woman who's coming through like, fuck no, don't give away power like that. It's for you. You're being asked to go into a lunar journey around what your truth is, what you have to say, what you think. For anybody who is a budding intuitive who's really looking to expand their intuition, you can do all of the um, exercises you want. You can do anything you want. You can like do a training, you can do clairvoyant exercises, you can do pendulum. Nothing will get you further with your intuitive knowing than becoming quiet and listening. Nothing will get you closer to a more intimate relationship with your guides than that. That's the only way I really know that it can be done anyway. Because when all else fails, when the pendulum is not telling you anything, when you're not getting any hits, when nothing's coming, if there hasn't been that foundation set for deep, deep, deep diving, deep listening, it will be hard to find something in a moment where we feel a little blocked. If we're developing a relationship of listening to that channel, clearing that space and deeply um, becoming quiet to receive, because really both high priestess and empress are about receiving, um, if we are not taking that space, it can be hard to be consistent as an intuitive. We build more consistency when we're willing to develop those gifts so that we don't, ne- so that quote, when we don't necessarily have visions, we still have knowings that we can trust because that's really where it starts. So high priestess is ruled by the moon. She's centered in the whole realm of intuition of the akashic records of sacred knowing she's literally sitting at the base of a vaginal column it's vaginal on purpose so much of her energy is rooted in that um high priestess is connected with the moon not because of the moon itself or only because of the moon as in our sister satellite in the sky but she is connected to the moon because of bleeding because of menstrual cycles and because of blood mysteries, that the psychic space that can exist within the realm of blood mysteries, that she can take us right there into that space of depth and quiet that can exist in those moments. We're not always available to receive them in our very busy culture now. That's not always what we're available for. In fact, most of us just want our periods to go away our moon cycles to go away by embracing them and looking at them as a chance to embody the high priestess every month for anyone who who bleeds um it can be a very powerful way to drop into that if you're not someone who bleeds that's absolutely perfect everyone has access to blood mysteries blood mysteries are for everyone and there are all different kinds of resources to look at how um wherever and however you identify finding your own way 
to the reclamation of your blood mysteries. There are um, lots of resources for that, so I encourage you to Google it. Um, High Priestess knows all. She carries the scroll of eternal knowledge. She has the crown of Hathor on her head, which represents triple goddess, feminine, esoteric, um, deep, matrilineal knowledge, infinite matrilineal knowledge. The cross on her chest represents more religious knowledge, patriarchal knowledge, the knowledge of kind of the straight line and the square. She contains all the knowledge in the world in that area too. She also has a gown or dress that becomes a moon in the ocean. She contains the mysteries of infinite knowledge as well, of the web, of there being no time and of infinite change. Of course, her moon becomes, or her dress becomes a moon in the ocean as well because she's ruled by the moon and she's connected to the ocean. But, <clears throat> which is why we're talking about her today, water. But it's more than that. It's that she contains the knowledge of great mystery and of nature. And her message and her invitation when she arises for us in readings is, you do too, so become quiet and receive them. Stop looking for them outside of you. Become one with this knowing and build a lifetime practice out of it. You know how to do it. So start with where you are right now, which is just simply to be available to whatever might want to come through. The end. But she holds a very strong space of honor no one as knowing more than you do. The only thing anyone can really do is confirm or to help nudge you in the right direction if you're a little off center. But ultimately, we know our truth. We have access to our truth. Ultimately. Of course, there are like little pockets of time that can show up for everyone. When I was in the throes of my PTSD for years, like I didn't fucking know my intuition. I had too much chemistry going on. So there can be um, experiences or times in life when we're not sure. And that's like completely understandable because of other reasons. But at our soul, at our core, everyone has access to these infinite mysteries and wisdoms. It's about connecting with the inner water, with the depth, with the quiet to receive them. So High Priestess in many ways helps us to become quiet and embody these queen energies so that we can be clear in what wants to come through. And the Empress is beyond her connection with the Great Mother, beyond her connection to Yin, of which she is very connected to that element, um, beyond her connection to Earth, to sensuality, to sexuality, to birth, to life, to giving, to harvest, to kind of all the things that are related with Venus, which is what she is ruled by, she is connected more than anything to receiving. Venus is ruled, well, Venus rules love, beauty, material possessions, you know, all of the beautiful things that can come of such a magnificent energy. You got to know how to receive to allow all that to come through the birthright that we're all we are all entitled to some may feel much further away from it than others but we are all available 
the receiving of these things are, it's a birthright that belongs to everyone. So empress can be so uncomfortable, like high priestess can be so uncomfortable because the empress asks us to receive, to deepen, to open, to enrich our receiving. And in some ways, there's no harder work that we'll ever do because receiving is just about the hardest thing we do on the planet. And that's not just me, that's echoed through many different teachings and many different, you know, life, uh, ways of looking at life. It is so hard to receive. We'll do anything to keep from receiving. Parents will push away their children. Children will push away their parents. Receiving is really fucking intense. We can push away lovers, cheat, destroy relationships just because we're uncomfortable with receiving. And we can talk a whole thing about how we can't handle intimacy and we're not ready. And it's just the terror of receiving. And like literally, it's not always that, but it can be just that. That can be enough <laughs> to stop anyone in their tracks in terms of going forward with something that feels really good. So what do we do with that? What we do with that is that every time we pull the empress, we can bow over to her, bow over to them inviting in the richness, allowing ourselves to be, our threshold of receiving to be um, elevated a little bit more and then a little bit more and then a little bit more every time we pull it. And we don't have to necessarily assign it to anything, anything of its traditional meaning. We don't need to assign the empress to motherhood, to giving birth, to like, beauty. We don't have to. It doesn't always have to do with that. But it does have to do with us looking at ourselves in the mirror and looking at our relationship to receiving very clearly. The more we are connected to that, the more beautiful our life becomes. And it's just as simple as that. If the Empress is a reflection of Mother Earth, Mother Earth is, again, a macrocosm of us. The more we treat ourselves let ourselves become wild, let ourselves grow, exist how we are meant to exist. Let ourselves be and let ourselves receive in turn what our birthright asks and insists that we do by virtue of us honoring the beauty of ourselves. The more we say yes to that energy, the more beautiful our life becomes. And the more we show up as stewards and allies for this planet of ours, because the more wild we allow ourselves to be, the more wild we're going to honor the earth as being. The more we're going to work hard to lift up the wildness and to take care of this home, this one home that we all have. So the high priestess and the empress are these beautiful kind of um, little mentors of the queens, I think, and are very deeply wrapped and related in terms of the inner landscapes. And again, I want to make it very clear. It can be so fucking hard over culturally to separate the queens, the high priestess and the empress from the idea of woman. But I encourage you to. And I, I will say I love being a woman. I deeply identify with goddess, mother energy, I am, I'm very feminine and really aligned with the feminine. And that don't mean shit. 
because I align just as much with masculine energy as I do feminine energy. The high priestess, the empress, and the queens are not necessarily women. They represent an archetypal um, wind, a frequency, a magic in the air that invites us into ourselves. So I encourage everyone listening to this, if these, if all six of these archetypes represent inner realm, then they're here to mirror exactly who you are, exactly who you identify with, and exactly what makes sense to you. And the more that we are willing, desirous to reclaim the queens, the high priestess, and the empress in our own image, the more we step into our individual magic, the more we let our voice be heard, the better it is for everybody. So receiving, listening, opening up to the inner realm, that's what it's all about with these archetypes. And it's a perfect time to drop into them, put them, put them on your altar, um, tune in with them, like marinate in them, especially this week leading up to the new moon in Pisces. Like I can think of no better time to really let yourself rock and roll and learn all that you can from these beautiful archetypes. And that's what I have for you today. Um, and speaking of new moon in Pisces, there is a new sacred wheel coming out um, like tomorrow, let me see, tomorrow is, yeah, so uh, in two days, sorry, so on Thursday, um, this one is centered on a ritual for the new moon in Pisces, it's going to be gorgeous, um, the transition from the moon to the emperor as we're moving into Aries, um, a little bit about the Mercury retrograde in Aries that we're going to go into, a little bit about the equinox, the solstice. Um, it's going to be a dope, packed, beautiful issue. There'll be wild soul terrascopes. And just in case everybody doesn't quite know what the sacred wheel is, the sacred wheel is my offering that comes out twice a month. And it is the cheapest, easiest, most flexible way to learn from me and go a little bit deeper with your tarot practice. It's $22 a month. for two, And for that, you get two emails that are literally packed full of content, um, each of them having to do with different points and um, sacred days of the year, the moons, and that each email corresponds to the astrological sign that we're in and has to do with exploring the card that is ruled by that astrological. So we're talking about right now the moon, because we're in Pisces and we're going to be talking about the emperor so much in this next issue and in the April 1st issue, because we're rolling into Aries and the emperor's ruled by Aries. So it's a really beautiful way to learn, to explore, to go deeper. And um, I fucking love doing it. And you pay 22 bucks a month for this and you can opt out of it anytime you want to. If you want access to back issues from January to um, March 1st, they're 11 bucks. So you can buy them anytime you want, but you have to be a member of Sacred Wheel to join. Um, it's really beautiful, and I love it. And there are literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people who are involved in it. And hopefully eventually I can do a Facebook page because it's been an incredibly rich community, and I really love it. So, yeah, if you'd like to sign up for the Sacred Wheel, you can sign up at lindsaymack.com slash the sacred wheel. Um 
enrollment will be open for this new issue perpetually, but will um, it, to get it um, because it will go out at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on March 15th. You have to be signed up by the 15th. And then um, other than that, I'm coming to L.A., baby. And I'm teaching two workshops. I'm teaching one at Women's Space. Well, actually, I should go in order. I'm teaching one, Tarot for the Wild Soul, which is my three-hour primer on Soul Center Tarot Reading at Sono Mama in Los Angeles. It is close to being sold out, very close. But we're going to have a waiting list. It's going to be great. And that is being taught at 1 p.m. on Sunday, March 18th. Again, that's at Sono Mama on Sunday, March 18th in Los Angeles. And then on March 20th, I'm going to be teaching a super special, beautiful co-taught workshop with Heidi Rose Robbins, who's a magnificent astrologer. Our workshop is called Radiant Rebirth, and it is all about the solstice, all about the spring equinox. And we're going to be sharing and exploring the frequencies of the upcoming months ahead, as well as the equinox itself through the lens of the tarot and astrology, respectively. I'll be talking about tarot. She'll be talking about astrology. There's going to be some poetry, some intuitive medicine. It's going to be very beautiful. Um, and I'm so excited to share. And that will be taught at Women's Space at 7 p.m. on March 20th, the actual solstice. So um, for anybody who come, that one is almost sold out as well. So uh, please, if you want to come, um, go for it and sign up. All right. That's all I got today. I think I'm always forgetting every time I press stop, I think, oh, fuck, I should have said that. Um, but I really think that's it. Just sacred wheel classes in LA and I love you. Have a beautiful week. I can't wait to connect with you next week with my interview, um, of the month and, uh, be well until then. <laughs>